That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We went to this Two Bunch Palms, which is like this great little desert oasis hot springs retreat. Um, adult only, and I'm just like sinking into resort wear so fucking hard, ladies. I'll tell you what, <laughs> you you resisted it first, and then the minute you see other people kind of pulling off resort wear, you start to dip your toe into it, and you're like, can I be that person? Oh, when I went and met you over at the Ace, there was this caftan next to me. It was like full length <laughs> black with like with like metallic rainbow stripes Hell going, yeah. and I'm just like, where, where, show me how. That's what happened when I moved to New York. I was like, oh, you can wear whatever you want. (laughs) Oh, sure. I was 25 and I bought the ugliest clothes. I look back at pictures and I'm like, who let me buy this and then put it on my body and then go outside in it? Hideous. But it was a freedom. Give me an example. I have a picture. I have this like pattern. There's this one pattern shirt that was like brown and navy and beige and and like a mustard yellow Mm. and like kind of like 70s but uglier somehow and i wore that constantly i'll show you i have pictures and then i was there right yeah i saw a lot of you let me do it wait how old were you Ah. 25 (laughs) i was always rocking a polo shirt that was just a little too short so the top of my little tummy would hang out cute okay and and my boobs were shoved into it so my little popped collar would happen it was not an attractive look and i um apologize to everybody don't ever apologize no 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 it's 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 something i need to say sorry for she can apologize i was obsessed with this dress i remember i got it from one of the boutiques down the way and I remember I even wore it to a wedding. It, I just, it was my idea of a perfect dress because it hid my body. It was like a, a fun sack that flowed off the shoulders <laughs> and then it obscured everything up to the knees. And it was big blue and white diagonal stripes. And I looked like Donald Duck and wore it. <laughs> like I a buoy. Yeah. I, I just looked like this horrible maritime baby. Like, <laughs> and it, yeah. And I remember wearing it to a wedding and being like, I'm fun and different, but I loved it because I was like, it's a sack and no one knows that I'm 50 pounds overweight. It's so nice to have you back in one piece, Kyle. We I really live to tell the tale. Good. Yeah, a whole was, different energy about you. Whole, it was it was a rough rough day. Um I had a show that night and I don't remember what happened. Oi. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was I'm- I literally went home passed out, woke up in a pool of my own sweat. Oof. And um, ferociously hungry. There's a wolf. Yeah. 
There's because... worse pools to wake up in, is what I was trying to say <laughs> before I flubbed it and turned into a frog. Um... Yeah, did I ever tell you, I forgot to tell you the story about I was dating this guy and I, I slept over and I had this dream that I was like in a fountain and then I opened my eyes to realize he was peeing on my back in his sleep. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love. I know. I have other oh. friends who have also like been I'm in beds sorry. with men who have pissed the bed while they've been in the yes, bed with them. He was sleeping, but he to didn't fool this be like you're my yes. urinal cake. He didn't know of love. he was sleeping. He was, I made he was a bed. Asleep. I made a bed peer my boyfriend. So, um, but that you should you buried the lead on that one. Yeah. That is a story I want to hear right at the beginning of meeting you. Yeah, I know. I know. I forget about it, and then I, really... I remember it last week, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I don't tell that story more often. Did it do anything for you? Or is um, just it made my back wet with pee. <laughs> Since this is uh, episode fifteen, part three of uh, the women, the history of women in the service industry, which we're excited to have Kyle back alive, contributing another little chapter. Um, <laughs> but since we did have so much alcohol talk, and that is kind of a rotating topic with all of us, I saw a great headline today uh, that was on Vox.com that sober curious life and lifestyle is now a new term. It's what a lot of people are now demanding as uh, an experience and product um, that they can have when they go out, which means beverages that are completely non-alcoholic, not even like the point two percent or whatever mm -hmm. like an O'Doul's has but that they're like high quality ingredients that there's more to choose from that if someone's going to be a fucking dick and charge you eight dollars for a soda water <laughs> yeah. that these are like actual really really good mocktails and um there's like a huge booming business for it because uh gen y is full on on this they're like well how can we maximize our bodies we're also coming up with the biggest spending power um in terms of new forces entering the bar and we don't want to be like our gross old parents or gen xers who do nothing other than destroy themselves and so there's this crazy demand for like high quality really awesome like it makes you feel like you're drinking it's shaken it's strained like the whole thing and uh but it's 100 non-alcoholic I would order that yeah. to fucking stay out and slow myself down. I had a great mocktail at Hippo in Highland Ooh. Park. Yeah. Did it make you just feel better to just not have to be like water? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been, now I'm trying not to drink coffee, which is ruining God, my what life. What are you doing? Well, I didn't realize how addicted I was to it. I've got the best green tea if you want some. Great. Still I have a, okay. It's, what was it's, in this mocktail? Okay. It was yeah. like a cranberry-based mocktail because it was in December. So it was like around their holiday cocktail mm -hmm. menu. And I don't believe they even told me. I just said, could I get like a mocktail? Do you guys have those? Or maybe, I don't think I pointed to something. She just brought it. And I was like, this is so good. It's like a little citrus, little cranberry, mm. light, not mm. too sweet. Yeah. I, I just, I fucking love too that like they're even doing stuff that um, even promotes sensations that just as long as it's not drunkenness, like they're finding ways to do like uber oxygen infused cocktails with then other, uh, I don't know if you want to call it like antioxidant rich beverages, but it gives you like extreme feelings of well being. I would also be super down. Have any of you ever tried a CBD cocktail? Yeah. What, what's the deal? Would you like it? Like, how does it make you feel? 
chill, relax. Fuck, you can get CBD water at your 7-Eleven. No, I know Hattie yeah. brought it. I'd yeah. never seen that. I had no idea. It's all this new. It's all new. It's all big weed coming at you, I suppose. Big and weed, there's, The thing baby. about CBD is it's not like a overwhelming effect. It's certainly not the same effect as alcohol. It's just like a Zanny, or, like taking a little Xanax. But even that is dramatic. No, yes. Opinion. This is just like, oh, I feel nice and chill. And now the big thing is also because, you know, CBD is kind of inundating into like all sorts of wellness areas. So CBD massages are a big thing now. Oh, yeah, see, now that yeah. I would I would say does make it different. Like if you put on a balm, mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference. The direct to skin. Mm-hmm. I got a little and there this one now this one does have some THC in it, but I got the Whoopi Goldberg balm. She's got I some got, great dude. Stuff. I got a little buzz. I got buzzy buzzed, and She's it was got good. Bath soaks too. <gasps> yeah, I've heard those ones are they'll get you. I can't find them. There's a place downtown, but I need. To I get think them. they had to. What I heard is they had to repackage everything and kind of reset after the new laws change. And yeah. They, so they're so I did find the balm, which is really really nice. Um, which then led me to finally I hadn't eaten. I hadn't done an edible in like years and years and years. And when we were out this weekend, I, I had a little little ten milligram of chocolate, and I did just fine you oh guys. great did That's you actually- get my gif i sent you of uh i don't feel the edibles happening yeah the umbrella floats away <laughs> yeah <laughs> Bye. it's so funny that like this new generation is calling our shit out they're like instead of poisoning their bodies this generation is actually seeing what their bodies can do if they were at their efficient maximum God, I mean, they're gonna change the world. Can you can't I just hate get a on them. Fucking vodka and soylent. Can someone just start start serving like soylent as a mixer? Oh right, I'm in. I'm in. You know what? Uh, oh, like a like a um a white Russian with soylent. Yeah, I was just thinking like a go. soylent mudslide. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Gross, gross. I mean, gross. I would be pretty sober curious after I had a couple of those. I think <laughs> never want to be drunk again. <laughs> so full of life and booze at the same time. Okay, guys, we are back finishing up our what I've been dubbing as the hungover history. Um, our research, <laughs> it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty loopy. Um, what we put together, even though women could feasibly go into you know, bars and restaurants. Now there were many places that made it known that they were a guy's club. And so you still weren't allowed to go in, particularly in Jocelyn and I's neighborhood in Brooklyn, where we were speaking about the um, dry cleaner who got brutally murdered <laughs> and got could- murdered for her car. It's just the saddest thing. Anyways, that was the neighborhood. And there was a bar that I hate. Uh, it was a fireman hangout called Farrell's. It's still there. It's still there. And, the thing is, there were not very many places when we would go back to our neighborhood to have a nightcap. We would get stuck hanging out at this place called Rhythm and Booze, which God bless. I love. <laughs> I love. But so you're going like, well, where could we go get a drink? And here's this pub and bar called Farrell's. And unless you had an escort in by one of the firemen or one of the bros, women could not just go in and drink. Um, this was now... Apparently, Shirley MacLaine in 1980 is the first woman who ever just walked the fuck into Farrell's. She was in town. Gotta love her. Probably doing some sort of Broadway show or whatever. Heard that there's this bar in Brooklyn where women weren't allowed. She's like, we're going out to Brooklyn. And she like walked in and everyone was like, I guess women hang out here now. She stayed for like a round or whatever. But I think she's the first woman to break that stigma. Now they're a little more low key about it. But I mean, dude. 
come was, on. Yeah, it was one of those things where like I never really found out if women weren't allowed. I just heard they weren't, and then I never went close to it because I was like, fuck, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck that place. It's not an environment that sounds welcoming, so I'm not going to burst in there and be like, but I deserve it. Do we, do we know like what year this shit place was established? Ferrell's was one of the first post prohibition era bars to open in Brooklyn so mm. it, it had been established for a really long time at that point it had a lot of different owners it, you know it's one of those things where if you've ever seen the movie um, Copland do you remember uh, that old Sil- like Sylvester that Yeah, it's totally. a great flick right but it's like those are the types them's the types where you're gonna like where all the local cops and firefighters it's their secret society so they've had no that rules. rule going yeah. for so long it probably just stuck when you were talking about this earlier it made me think of like the masons like shriners uh-huh. shit like that it's just these boys clubs and there were women were like zero allowed and it's just like a way for like dudes to just like jerk each other off and like wear silly costumes i guarantee that's what's going on at ferals right because because unless <laughs> unless they're gonna come unless they're gonna take one of us home they don't like being around our ilk in a drinking establishment. I'm wearing this hat and I'm going to get fucked up in it and no one's going to say shit because we're all wearing the same hat and we have dicks and no girls allowed. I know. Men are just never ending bitches. I got to say. They just are truly the worst. Anyways, um, so that's Farrell's and that was a place that's just like, even though someone fought with me on Instagram and was like, you're almost right. Women have been allowed to go in there for 40 years now. I was like, still really cool. Like, <laughs> great. So the 80s. Be cool, v cool bro. bro. You always know it's cool when all, the word allowed is used. <laughs> right, right. And, of course, then I got bro-splained, too, by someone on Instagram when I brought it up. So I was just like, this whole vibe around Farrell's is terrible. Farrell's is woke now, apparently. It's not. <laughs> it's not. One of the owners jumped off the Verrazano Bridge. Whoa. Yeah. A lot of intrigue in that neighborhood. But of course it was, I mean, and you know, when you look at it, you're like, well, they're doing a great job fostering an environment that I don't feel safe in, even though they're cops and firefighters. Like, good job, boys. Um, And it's going to think, too, where they all could legally just wander up and down the block with open styrofoam cups of beer because they were the law. But if you were doing that across the street, like they would. Oh, and Noah, Noah fucking Garfinkel and a friend, I saw them. They were stumbling back home and where Jocelyn lived one night. The cops and the firefighters were super drunk, started making fun of Noah and his friend, walked across the street to the bodega. Another, you know, local guy um, didn't know him, didn't have permission, started to take some of his fruits and vegetable and pelt it at Noah and his friend. What? Oh, yeah, this is a good one. I just remembered this fucking Ugh. story. And Noah came back to your place, and he was, like, stained from head to toe with, like, tomatoes and, like, weird fruit. And he's like, yeah, the cops and firefighters at Farrell's, like, fucking stole stuff from the bodega and threw What we didn't know at, at the us. time is once you pass Park Slope on that F train, you actually travel back in time. <laughs> So when you get off in Windsor Terrace, it's actually 1954. Yep, and it is it is the portal to all things bad. Here's a fun fact, though. I like that Shirley MacLaine was like, fuck you guys, I'm coming to drink. But then whether you love her or hate her, Gloria Aldred started to take up, basically in Los Angeles, all the city ordinances that prohibited unescorted women. From, she's awesome. She's the fucking best. She came and on a show I worked on last year. No and way. she's fucking rad i did she's she and she's is, funny she's fireman she is so cool not a fireman she is fire she's lit if you look back through time the people she has represented represented jesus christ well she basically sued an all-male friars club 
yeah. which is why I love her. And, you know, just the whole not letting women enter parts of the club, even like the lounge area. So she sued them for gender discrimination and she fucking won yes. her case. Because you don't fuck with Gloria. I love her. She's really, really great. <laughs> Kyle, just levels of intrigue from you. Um, really, the audio of you leaving to barf is one of the favorite things I've ever edited into a uh, episode. Um, don't worry, it was no actual audio of you barfing. <laughs> it was just you leaving, and I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I come to this place to be my realist self. Yes. And, uh, you know, leave the, leave the coolness at the door. That's right. This is a safe space. You can come here hungover, and we will mama bear the fuck out of you. It, it, was, it was great. You all rallied around me, and I lived to tell the tale. I mean, <laughs> I, I was, I, it, was, it was a journey. It was a journey through if I die today. Oh, yeah. At least I'll be on this podcast for the last thing I do. You will have been seen. You know what I'm saying? Or heard. (laughs) Seen and heard. So uh, where we left off uh, was basically last time we ended with Andrea talking about the Harvey girls. Then we Mm -hmm. moved into the history of uh, server uniforms and the varying degrees of it, you know, leading up to Britney Spears. Uh, Then (laughs) you guys sang some crazy and then that. Uh, precipitated Kyle having to barf because it was too much energy and excitement. It was too crazy. It was too crazy. So we kind of ended around roughly like, without being super specific, kind of like a 50s, 60s style diner waitress uniform. But then sort of moving into the 80s, I guess, if you will, um, where now more women are totally waiting tables. Yeah, and I'm uh, like piggybacking off of that into the 80s it was kind of this time where a lot of ads were coming out that described (laughs) women as like you can have it all meaning like oh my god get a job girl it's allowed now but also make sure there's dinner on the table for you and your husband and your 27 children after you make sure you vacuum the entire house and make it spotless right like even worse than the 50s in an odd way because you're going like how is this 30 years past this and like perfume ads the yeah. one that i showed we have oh my to God, put it's it insane it's well, so we've got like feminism has really been put into place now yeah. like, or at least the first wave a first wave yes has really happened yeah so this is but what... it's also like feminism but make sure you look pretty oh yes mm-hmm. feminism make sure you look pretty and also make sure your husband knows that he's the man and oh, is yes. the head of the household yeah i mean what by a job we mean and this is something else that like i was looking up is the first sort of Uh, foray into even women being even allowed in restaurants, which we had talked about earlier, was to when they were allowed in department stores (laughs) because they um, basically started showing restaurants their receipts as far as like they had money and they could spend money in restaurants. Oh my God, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, their first jobs became at the makeup counters. Okay, yeah. um, Which makes sense later on. Um, Also, when I was looking up like women in restaurants in the 1980s, it Everything that popped up was like 80% of women in restaurants are like sexually harassed. Yep. Like that was the 80 it was growing, uh, grabbing onto. I thought that was very interesting. Um, but yeah, basically in the 80s, there was a couple different discrepancies that were happening because um, most of like, so most of the 19th century, basically black men um, were, for, they were sort of the people who were waiting on tables. And then um, what happened was obviously, we, you know, we are 
a racist society and wanted them out because we wanted white people, young and pretty, mostly white men at the forefront of the restaurant, sort of like showing people, you know, this is what you're going to get, like clean cut. Of course, like the black population was seen as... <laughs> Like they were people, they were a people who were owned. Yes. And then Andrea was talking about the sore losers during the time of civil war mm -hmm. after that, during the Harvey era, where it was dangerous for um, black people to serve and be servants because, you know, they were redefining their entire role as American citizens, period. So then it became like a man's job. Then women had to fight for it. And once again, so, and I do want to note that like, we are aware that as much as we are talking specifically about the history of women in the service industry that the people who usually always lose underneath that it's like it's always white men at the top white women beneath that and then people of any other gender yeah, and black color men and exactly. then women of color of course because the the black men were like fuck these jobs because we, we've been fully demoted to um back of house like line cooks or busters they made more money going to find um labor jobs my grandmother um after the great depression when she basically took a job making bullets. Mm -hmm. And then when she got out, um, when the you know men came back from service and everything, she was ousted from that position because you couldn't be a female working in a factory and was desperately trying to find a job in a restaurant and they wouldn't even take her there because every sort of, everything got replaced by women. And I mean, by men. And then even she was telling me in the 80s, she was trying desperately to look for... Um, waitressing jobs because she would make more money but at that time they told her that she belonged in a, as a shop girl which that was another thing I think in the 80s that a lot of people wanted women in pretty clothes selling them clothes selling them their looks whereas if they were in a restaurant they were wondering if they were going to bring their problems with them into work oh of course a big idea behind like now like you know women in their periods and women in their psyche and like, like we have to have take all this on yes the phone when yeah you're which it's we see in movies a lot a really hard pill to swallow to yeah. have this like first when World War II happened, when all these women stepped up to play and did all these things that they were told they couldn't do the entire time, but turns out they fucking could and they did yeah. really, really well. And then to be like put back in the kitchens, essentially, right? Yeah. It had to have been just an insane. And that we were talking before about the Harvey girls and the Harvey houses mm -hmm. being a really good opportunity for like women, single women, like single mothers to be able to pick up and go get work there as well. Yeah. But that is also another point is like single women trying to raise a family, like working at fucking diners in the eighties. Like mm -hmm. to yeah. me, that's a big. And when you think of it, every woman sort of depicted in the eighties working in a diner, which happens all the time. Um, they're always like, please, you know, please, sir, I got to get home to feed my baby. Of or like, or they're like, sassy, and don't give me. No. Yeah. I mean, they're Southern. They're kiss my grits. Yeah. They're, they're flow. They're, <laughs> kiss you know. my grits. Um, you know, but it's always a problem that they have with um, like, oh, you know, oh, Doreen's ma making a mess out of it today. Like, right. don't, br don't bring your tears to work, honey. It's like this very, like, we're dealing with women's psyches at that point, And they're like, like you know, hysterical women. Well, it's, it's like, it was a job that we were aspiring to get. Mm -hmm. It was held in high regard. Mm -hmm. Then it just got really taken from us again, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I think the bigger point in the eighties too, is the discrepancy, the sexism and the discrimination of the high paying, fine dining, right. Higher skilled, uh, subset of the service industry was for white men. Yeah. And so that's where black uh, men and women and white women were completely 
you know, relegated to sort of the diner experience, the Ponderosa, the whatever. And so, right, it was keeping people out of these fine dining establishments saying they don't know how to do the job when yeah. it's like you haven't given them an opportunity to learn at like, the same rate. I can rate. crumb a table. Of course, right. Well, and no one's, I, I, I need a man-to-man explain this yuppie meal to me. Well, and doing think it. of it like they all, at a, at a white tablecloth restaurant, they are all wearing like a tie and ba- sure. a man's shirt and pants. It's a very like, even now today, it's a very like male-centric, not, not that women can't wear suits and ties, but just that that's like hasn't really changed or updated at all. Yeah, it's a real American psycho right. kind of moment. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it was just saying even though like even the stuff like, oh no, 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 they can't have this um they can't have this fine dining experience because we can't trust a woman to make a tableside Caesar or we can't trust a woman to do the <laughs> like the eloquent meat carving, yeah. which Jocelyn proved. In and the it's early like get 2000s. your hair off <laughs> your face and like make sure you have your makeup is clean and your nails are nice. Then it's sort of like started to take on this like what you look like when you come into work. Because if you think about it, especially in the eighties, I believe it's called working either way. girl. Yeah. If if you're not pretty, they don't want you. If you're too yeah. pretty, you're too female. Yeah. You're you know, either a shop girl or a secretary. Or a cocktail waitress, which that's where a lot of well, like I mean, give me a fucking break. Well there. when you think of eighties mm. movies, you didn't see you know, like there was like what, cocktail was like the one movie that had another female, <laughs> you know, was there even a female bartender in cocktail or was no, it no, all no, Tom no, Hanks no. and his friend? Okay. It was just Tom Cruise and, right. and his, yeah and the friend who died. R.I.P. that guy in that boat explosion. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was such a bad movie. But Cheers, on the other hand, right? Mm-hmm. Then you've got, yeah. I mean, still, still like, Carla's the shit. She's a working mother. She's trying to get everything done. And you got, but like, she was a cocktail server. She was a cocktail server. Yep, she was. But, like, she certain was, but she, she, in a way, though, she, like, fucking ran that place. No, and she ran it, and it's awesome. I'm just saying it is funny because, like, TV was starting to depict, like, at least, you know, this, the stronger, um, female characters were coming out like the golden girls in Roseanne, which was like, Oh, these are, these are people who don't look like the quote unquote, Charlie's angels, Mm -hmm. which was about as, you know, uh, high powered as a female character could be, which is like, there's still these sexualized models, but at least they're fighting crime, you know, sort of thing. Like Linda Carter is wonder woman, but in the eighties took this turn to be like, Oh yeah. Roseanne is like a hardworking blue collar mom. The golden girls are four retired women who live together sort of thing. But prior to that, it was just like, no women were just cocktail waitresses Mm -hmm. and you got so in movies of like men lead male leads like going home with cocktail waitresses like you know they wake up they wake up in the morning and it's like an action movie and they're like fucking the cocktail waitress that they've been like helping them the night before it's like if you are a woman you have to pose as a man (laughs) and take you know what i mean like which is many 80s movies (laughs) might i add just one of the guys yeah exactly but it's just interesting how like i it fucking pisses me off that it was this great opportunity to make money and mm-hmm. then women completely slid to the bottom of the workforce ladder again where it's yeah. like uh, and also just being shit upon like it truly was looked down upon like ooh you're waiting tables in a diner like and you your husband must have left you exactly sort of thing it was just seen as this real low class la- like um, last, last chance opportunity mm-hmm. to get your life together and I feel like Ugh, it's just so aggravating that the job is hard enough and then women weren't even allowed um, into where the big bucks was. We couldn't be the person who was knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about food and guide you through a lovely dining experience or, God forbid, being like a high-powered 
um, bartender, which in the 90s, I mean, there are these fucking trailblazers who, I mean, they had, they'd been winning awards in that field and they'd go in to be hired somewhere and they're like, fuck no, male bartenders only. Get the fuck out of here. No one's going to want to order a drink from you because yeah. they think you can't handle it. Yeah. You think you're going to nice cry. Nice try, honey. Exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's a fight. <laughs> That's a fight in and of Thanks itself. Thanks for coming in, toots. Yeah. Toots. <laughs> this broad thinks she can bartend. <laughs> I mean, God called, forbid. A man a called me baby the other day during Ooh. a shift. Yeah, that was fine. I was like, baby? No. Oh. Kyle. Kyle is my name. A oh. Jack and Coke made by a woman? Absolutely <laughs> not. Those are two <laughs> elements too much. It tastes different. It's been an uphill battle to be respected just in general as mm-hmm. a server, male or female. But for the most part, it's always been more of a walk in the park for the dudes who do it, you oh, know. Yeah. And I think hilariously what we're seeing, though, now is what we were talking about a few episodes, though, goes like, don't get too comfy, ladies, for what we fought for. Because now, like, robots are just basically going to take all of our <laughs> oh, jobs. Oh, my God. Have you seen the Amazon commercial where I don't her, want to. her child is sick and it's basically says... Uh, for when you you know you can't leave a loved one or something and oh yeah and the robot comes in and puts the uh, it, it puts opens... the baby in a mailing no. Amazon box and mails it to a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, no, that's not no, that's the future. It, it gets airdropped. <laughs> no, but the script, like the script prescription, comes to the door and the little you know she little she literally opens the door to grab the prescription and then it's just this beautiful music and you see this little like. Mars rover robot just sort of going down the street like to the next house and all I kept thinking was I give that robot five minutes before somebody jacks it just gets all the pills it. inside the of there like, and has a grand old time wouldn't you like to be a pepper too um, <laughs> what <laughs> Johnny Five there's some okay. Johnny Five quoting right Hell there yeah. um, it is interesting though how far we've come just to be like oh well you have tits so anything you do is not going to be good enough for me. Yeah, right. I know. That's and that's like, like, oh, you don't have a, you don't have steel parts or nothing. You're <laughs> Listen, you can not- wreck your body for this baby, but you can definitely not make me a vodka tonic. Oh, you think exactly. you can carry me a steak over here? <laughs> God forbid you try and cook it. <laughs> uh, oh my God. And then a fun, fun statistic, uh, you know, because let's not forget that as white women speaking speaking on this topic, we are definitely all privileged. We're just talking about our particular fight. But uh, a study done only a few years ago showed that people of color are paid 56% less than white workers in general in the restaurant study. So that's an area that needs to, you know, because I mean, I was even thinking about it as well, where I'm just like, man, I worked in big, diverse cities and I so rarely had uh, black or Hispanic coworkers on the floor with me mm-hmm. in the high paying uh, service positions. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm like, I have really worked everywhere. Yeah. And um, I really do not have more than one or two, I think, black servers that I worked with uh, over the years, mm-hmm. you know. Now, I do, I feel like I do see it more in um, more hipster. Yeah, areas. like more major yeah. cities. More major cities. Well, I'm even talking major cities. Yeah. But I, I, I am I have been out of practice for a little bit, but it's just like there's there's a truth in that. There is oh, 100%. major, major discrimination going on with hiring practices. And um, you know, I you can just see that back of house is absolutely relegated for um I feel like people of color, and I really, really hope that 
you know, starts to change and we see more of a demand. Yeah, restaurant owners out there, listen up. Well, no it's one all, it's wants all, to see yeah. a whitewashed... I mean, they well, we've we've apparently been okay with it. I think we have to voice that it's that it's not okay. Yeah, you know. And the problem is, like, so compared to Hollywood or something like that, well, it's mostly white people owning all of these restaurant conglomerates. Oh, yeah. So it's also very very hard uh, for people of color to, you know, they've got their own set of hoops to jump through in terms mm-hmm. of getting approved for business loans and being, you know, business owners in general. But oh, I think we spoke we spoke to some degree or another about. Um, some real trailblazing women in uh, Baltimore who are really trying to start to change the ratio. They're owning more high-end, like really cool upscale restaurants, which is awesome because then you're the owner and then you can reflect, um, you know, a lot more talent from a black kitchen staff to front of the house to Mater D to all your servers. And you can fucking flip the script on that, you know? But I think we as even white servers have to recognize that privilege too. And if we oh, yeah. can, if we can help and, you know, see if there are ways to be advocates in that area too, like that needs to change, man. Cause yeah. these, these, these are good jobs when you can get them. Yeah, for sure. And they're flexible and a lot of people need flexible work, but let's change it before the robots come. <laughs> okay, guys, first of all, let's, um, welcome a very special guest visiting from New York. Oh when I say God. guys, it's me and Jocelyn. Hi. Hello. Let's welcome Jordan Carlos to He's the podcast. He's on the radar. <laughs> it's happening. Jordan's had like an interesting, like very untypical, uh, chestnut east chestnut street day yes. i'm like this is a very quiet weird block first of all my neighbor across the street jordan's just like hey there are five fire trucks out front and yeah, i was just like trucks, and at first i walked out i go that's no big deal it's the wellness check for gracie <laughs> and he's like no it's across the street and then i was like oh no and then so one of my other elderly neighbors definitely i don't know what happened oh, but yeah. i think not I mean, it, it didn't look like a, like a, um, I mean, it could have been like a, there wasn't a coroner truck. Nope. That was no, later. That came later. <gasps> so Troy's drive-in, I yeah. don't know what they necessarily cleaned up, but mm-hmm. then I go, Hey Jordan, like this is after I get back, <laughs> you've been sitting and watching TV the whole time. And I just pull up and I go, there are like seven cop cars at Troy's and they've got the whole lot blocked off I and know. there are plainclothes police officers and detectives. Mm-hmm. And then a corner van pulled away so the bathroom on the back of troy's is it's so it's outside yeah. it's one of those outside situations Fancy. and as we all know good things don't happen in inside <laughs> bathrooms uh ever no. so we don't have the story yet but i think they retrieved a dead body from yeah. the bathroom or the world's biggest dump <laughs> they were like call the fbi they clogged the pipes <laughs> he died from the we... biggest shit <laughs> we were such awkward turtles when we walked over there we're like hey, I go, you want to go you want to go ask what happened yeah, the... we both put our shoes on <laughs> Glendale is nuts, son. You know what, though? I am going to be honest that the first day I came to be shown the house by my friend Heather, like, she's like, Glendale, you know, she was trying to make it sound exciting because she knew I wanted to live where the youngs live. And she's a little bit like, yeah, Glendale snoozeville, but she's like, it's also really, really safe. And I was like, that's totally fine. I get that. And then we walked two blocks away from my house to just kind of look at the neighborhood. And now I know him as the guy who's like in the apartment complex (laughs) over this way. But this is right after I think the final star Wars, whichever version of it came out in December, two years ago, roughly. Uh, 
Yes. Okay. Rogue we'll one. never know the answer. Sorry, I'm Rogue not one. a nerd. Rogue One. Yes. No. Yeah. Rogue One. Yes. Okay. Something like that. And he was dressed a little bit in like, uh, I think cosplay, Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> like a dirty robe, like he'd been on a bender for four days. And then he was like leaning against a car and then pulled up his robe, pulled down his pants. And we were both like, is that a Merkin? Because you know what I'm saying? Like you always joke about like, is that a fake pubic hairpiece? Right. What's going on? And then he just grabbed into his crotch and he's like you ladies drugs <laughs> and he pulled pills out of his merkin get I out. never told you this and Heather's like oh my god oh my god she's my realtor she's like this block is great and then someone pulled, pulled pills out of their merkin and she's like this I swear to you like this is a great oh, these, area these are just uh, pube pills pube pills <laughs> if you take them you too will have pew, a pew, glorious pew, pew. bush um That's so- Terrifying. But then I, I feel like he was. Oh I mean, God. it just sucks, you know. And Drugs make you do today. dumb yeah. things. Sure. But anyways, I I think I did recognize him later as like the guy in the apartment complex down that way, <laughs> and he knew too much about my house, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's a great lemon tree in back." I was like, "What? what? You back there?" But anyways, he's never given me any trouble. He just likes to smoke weed and hide from his family, and so he, because my neighbor's ninety, yeah. and she can't hear anything, so he basically goes onto her property underneath her carport and like smokes weed on her back porch. Mm. Oh, she has no clue, what a sad and life. I'm like, I should tell somebody, but Jesus. Does he know weed's legal? <laughs> I know, right? But I it's think like, gotta hide it. I, from his family, not legal. You know uh, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's into yes. stashing stuff. Mm-hmm. But the reason we are talking to Jordan Carlos today is because I was delighted to learn that he has some service industry yeah, experience. Oh, for sure. for I sure. believe it. For sure. I, I was um I yeah. I was out there. You were out there? No, and it's fine. in the barricades. And you know, the reason I wanted to talk to you is because we haven't had anyone on the show yet who bust tables. Yeah, I never got to be a waiter like you fancy pants. Nope, it's okay. No, no, I never got to be a a server and put the plates on my arms (laughs) and Ah. things like that. No, no, I waited for the moment. They were like, no, 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 get back there and bust, bust, boy. (laughs) You guys, you guys still, you you gonna get, yeah, that was me. Wow. Yeah, so do yeah. tell us, do tell us uh, uh, so, where this was uh, this and what was, age. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was about uh, 19 years old and it was at, uh, it was in New York City, 116th Street and Broadway at a, at a restaurant called Nacho Mama's. Hopefully it is not there anymore. <laughs> I hope Nacho it is. Nacho Mama's. Nacho Business. A, yeah. Sorry. Nacho Business. Nacho Mama's. It was ridiculous. It was, um, <laughs> it was a place where Columbia students would come and, and eat. And so I was like, just all summer long, I just, you know, th- these people, they were like, they were like, th- th- thought they were better than you. You know, I was uh, like, I'm in college too, okay? Unbelievable. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to work. And I had an internship at Comedy Central, but it paid me $5 a day. So in order to. Of course it did. Yeah. So I worked. Because they blew all that money on Krog Mangoon. <laughs> That's right. Krog Rangoon Moon. <laughs> so I, um, so in order to just like live in New York, and because I wasn't going to ask my parents and admit to being wrong about anything, I got this, <laughs> I got this job, and then I lived in Columbia Houses, right? So I would serve the people that also lived in the houses with me. That's a tough one. Yeah, that was tough. And while maintaining a, a girlfriend, oh my God. Anyway, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Because I, the reason why I went out and got myself a girlfriend was because I was, uh, like I said, I was a busboy, and I would also do deliveries. So one day 
this girl walks in, she's very beautiful, you know, she's about my age. And, you know, um, I think, you know, cue like the, you know, the fucking Temptations is playing while, you know, I'm like cleaning down a table. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's going to happen. You, you, know throw, I mean? you throw the rag over yeah. your shoulder and oh, you yeah. crinkle your paper cap that you're being made to wear. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, get back there and bust those tables, you moron. You know, like that's <laughs> my boss. And um, so uh, I, I, she would always come in. She would always come in and. Um, I just remember one morning they were like, "You have to take, um, you have to take this delivery to to like Columbia Housing." Oh, but you you were full on like you're like, "This is my full, lady." I was in love. Every when she would come in, it was just like everything would just stop slow mo kind of stuff. It was great, um, and my heart would just race every time. And then and then one morning I came in early for a morning shift, and they were like, "Well, you have to take pancakes and eggs to this to this random like address, at Columbia at a Columbia dorm." What kind and, of bike? Uh, I had a I had a, a ten speed, so it was a ten speed bike that I was like, you know, it's like boop boop boop. But this one I would usually, so I would deliver, um, I would deliver in Harlem. Uh-huh. But this was this was out of the ordinary because you could walk to it. Now, oh, usually okay. I'm I'm biking to these addresses and things like that. And in Harlem, it's summer. I also have to you in Harlem. You cannot. At the time, it was the 90s, you had to like just take the bike with you up, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, up yeah. the stairs. Oh, my God. And then this lady at the end would be like, here's one thin dollar. <laughs> you know, like, like, like a 17-floor walk-up yeah. <laughs> with like, a fucking bike on your shoulder. Oh, my God. I remember being so dying. young. It like, didn't matter. You're didn't like, yeah, matter. this is hard, but I'm cool. I'm cool. One dollar at a time. Yeah, Winnie, Winnie feels for, me. For years after this. Oh, man. So I, okay, so I, 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 I make it to this. Well, it's actually a frat house on campus. And oh, I was like, boy. okay, well, I've never been in one of these. So I go in. I make it in. I uh, knock on the door, the the appointed door, and um, the the girl Slow opens motion. the door. Slow motion. You know, it's like, ooh, baby, baby. And I was like, <laughs> I brought your pancakes. And she was like, it's a good story, Winnie. You're going to love this story. <laughs> no. Winnie's in love with Jordan, and he, she's okay. so pissed. I know. She's so pissed about this story. He's I don't, us. It's unrequited. Yeah. It's unrequited. So um, so she's like, oh, thank you, like all this stuff. And she's like, it's still hot. And I was like, yeah, that's what we do. Not your mama's. You, you know? are still yeah. hot, man. Yes, you are still hot. So oh, the pancakes. Beautiful. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Me? No, not and, me. Oh, thanks. And what's great is like my jaw is working with in time with my brain, and I'm actually like, it's happening. You know what I'm saying? And then the the door like it's like like boom like thrown out a little bit, and it's this guy. You know, oh. and he's like, oh, they, get to, oh, they brought it. He's like, They're it's my like, pancakes <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to put them on my dick. She's going to eat them off my dick. You're like, why? I just want to love her. <laughs> Don't you say that about her. <laughs> Do not say that. <laughs> but he, I want to say that he threw the money at me. He didn't. He very kindly put the money in my hand. And I just. And then I smacked burned. you quickly. Yeah. Just, just a quick like, don't look at her. Yeah. Don't. Oh. Yeah, it was just so sad. It He's was like, all, don't even try it, don't even punk. Try it. Right? He he knew I wouldn't. He, I mean, he had me she, going to breakfast. The breakfast is ordered to his room. So anyway, I went out and got a girlfriend. Uh, so promptly got a girlfriend. But that we was showed really them. Sad. Yeah, I showed them. Oh my girlfriend, but <laughs> my summer love. But it was so hard to afford. The dorm itself was so much money. It was eight hundred dollars a month. In Damn. New York City, I had no money. So I was like, 
I was starving. That's a lot at that time yeah. too. And like, and people yeah. don't realize that like, that's still for that time in New York, like 800, especially at a student level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's still pretty exorbitant. Cause like I was able like probably 10 years after that to find a spot for about 800, oh, you know, yeah. split with someone else. And uh, that was considered like the steal of the century. Speaking of steals of the century, I would eat the scraps from people's plates. Yes, Aww. you would. Yeah, I would. I would eat the scraps from people's plates. I didn't care. I was like anything to keep me in New York City. Um, we did dine and dash when I dated this girl, and I was like, "How do you feel about that?" I felt great because I was <laughs> broke and didn't have any money. I was like, "Wait a minute, I, I have to." I have enough money for run, little run, but I don't have enough money for this <laughs> this meal. So I was like, "How do you feel about adventure?" <laughs> like, and she was like, "I like adventure." So like, we just ran away. Well, Jordan, I'm yeah. going to stop you right there, real quick, and and just mention that you are talking to two people who's I know livelihood. I uh, we probably had to pay for your meal out of our tippage. If and I, then eat the tip that mm-hmm. we never got and pay yep. for the meal you yep. didn't pay for. Because some right. owners are crazy enough um, to say, like, you should you should have chased them down and tackled a grown man sure. and brought in that $14 <laughs> or whatever. But no, I mean, I forgive it. You were young. No, I respect that. I get it. I respect that. Yes. In my defense, I only ordered two Sprites. <laughs> and so we oh, ran wow. like the Dickens of course. up oh, West Broadway. Two Sprites. Two Sprites. It cost the restaurant six cents total. <laughs> right. yeah. like, Do you guys have a bread basket? They were like, you bastard. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, I ran away. And then, uh, <laughs> but that summer was awful as far as delivery was concerned. That was where I made all my money. Was it was the summer tips. of Sam. The summer of Sam. Yeah. It was the summer of Sam. <laughs> Everyone was yeah. being killed. <laughs> 44 caliber killer was on the loose. <laughs> but you know what? I was having the best sex of my life. <laughs> no, uh, so, so I, I would, I was, you know, taking all these enchiladas and burritos to, to, to these places and it was like so hot uh. and it was a very hot summer and I remember that I still have the scar here, but um, it, I've got layers. But um, right here, uh, he's I pointing was, to his elbow. Yep. Pointing to my elbow left here, elbow. my yep. left elbow. On my first delivery, first delivery, I was like, you know, gonna make it in New York City, and promptly this guy just doored me, just totally doored uh. me. Didn't look, didn't do the what is that? That's called the uh, Swedish check, where you go like that and yep. you open the door. Yeah, so he just. I plowed, I went, that door went over that shit <gasps> and then landed on my elbow, right? And uh, a chunk of flesh <gasps> just came out to where I saw like the adipose tissue in no, the bone. No, thank you. And I was like, mm, you know, when you see like a yeah. hump before it even, like your body doesn't even know like, oh, we're bleeding now? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know we we're going to bleed. Yeah. Right? So, Isn't like, that funny sometimes yeah. when, yeah. when you're, you don't bleed right away and you're yeah. like, I think I'm fine. And then it's like, <laughs> 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 yeah. we'll get to it. You know, they like got a man on it. Yeah. Just like, so he was sleeping. So it was to just wake him up real quick. <laughs> gushing blood. And then I, yeah, I got to the delivery and there was a very impatient New Yorker. I was gushing blood down my arm and I was like, I'm so <gasps> sorry I fell off my bike. I was like, Ugh. Whatever. What didn't no tip. Of course. No tip. Dude. You know. Just yeah, just let it bleed. And then I went back and uh yeah, they bandaged me up and everything. There there were nice people there, but there was it was infested with rats. It was I think every restaurant yeah, in New York is. So bad. But there were I saw so many. You saw so many how many yeah, what did you where did you see them? Mostly so a lot of the we've talked about this before, a lot of the prep kitchens are downstairs yep. so like when you're walking on the sidewalk yeah. there's no alleys in mm-hmm. new york mm-hmm. so you see these 
two metal doors in front yep. of a bodega or a restaurant, right. that's where they store stuff or they, whatever, prep kitchen, mm-hmm. whatever. Sometimes you drink down there if it's a bar. Right. But yeah, usually down in the prep kitchens. In Brooklyn, there was a place I worked that was, um, they were just running on top of the shelves. That was, that was floor level. I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. They were like, are you serious? The Muppet Rats. I uh, love it. Rats on Rizzo? Yeah. That, they're okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they were cooking. They were like looking for ingredients. It was just like the lights were skating off, so it was bur- harder butter. for them to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know that. Yeah, that was like butter. the first thing we mentioned in our very first episode. Yeah. So I think rats about it skating at least, on butter pats. Yeah. Once a day. <laughs> dating Brooke Shields. He's like, do you believe in interspecies dating? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Great moment. I was like, I don't get that bit. Um, so tell me, so tell five. me about, yeah. tell me about your fun little neighborhood rat. Uh, my neighborhood rat uh, swam in both the pico de gallo and <laughs> in the guacamole. God, it's like I, I'll never forget the pico de gallo because it was like, I was like, oh my god, I think because it was like moving, moving, moving. <laughs> oh my god, like the pico de gallo was moving, and I was like, I think there's a, and then it was like. Poof. You know, like like uh, like little piece on his head, yeah, like, little cilantro hat. Yes. <laughs> like think of Apocalypse Now, like he just came out of the shit, and I was like, you know what? I fucking hate this job so much. I'm not gonna tell anybody. It was the only job. It was such a hard job. It was so hard that I ha ha. Where is it? That I walked away. It was the only Whoa. job where I walked away. Whoa. And I was like, Klaus. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm getting my boss's name is Klaus. Sure, a so, German uh, guy. I, I was hoping you were just yeah, a calling German, everybody Klaus. Yeah, just a German owner with a Mexican-oriented uh, space called no, Nacho was, Mama. I think he was Spanish, but he Klaus. Uh, I think he was Latino, but his name was Klaus. And mm, I was like, I'm just not it. doing this. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, so I was Fake. just like, I'm just not doing this anymore. And uh, in, but all inside. I never told, you know, like, I was like, take this job and shove it. And he was like, I'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, uh-huh. And I never came back. And you didn't You know, back. you guys don't know JC, but he is, he's a good dude. He's, he's like Mr. a solid, yeah, he's so, yeah. his character is that of a, a wonderful man. Thank mm-hmm. you. So that's a lot for him to say. He had enough. <laughs> He drew a line in the sand or in the guacamole. <laughs> I, I was just like the do boy. I would just I would I was the bar back. I was the bus boy. Of course. Nothing nothing respectable. And then like the delivery guy. And then they made me pearl dive for a week in the hottest like month on record in New York City. I was like cleaning dishes and things like that. And uh, I just I was like I I didn't know who I was I didn't know who I was anymore. Oh my god! Yeah, and I was like I almost thought that I like I had a family overseas that I was like paying <laughs> for that I needed to give back to. You, you, know you thought I mean? you were like on the bottom level of a cruise ship, exactly in the 1900s. Exactly. <laughs> you haven't seen the sun in seven months. I dance to make you have myself scurvy. smile. You have scurvy, yeah. <laughs> You're just eating stale pieces of bread from the the rich people's plates when they come down the hatchet. And I thought I was I was so self righteous when I got back to college. I was like, yeah, well, some of us work this summer. Some, of, other <laughs> some yes. of us know what it's about. Hey, look at all this you perspective know. you have as a result. I, but I do oh, think it's great. Lessons are fun. Lessons are the best. My girlfriend dumped me. It was cool. So Cut it out. suffice it to say, I never worked in another restaurant again. I, I feel like um, that uh, that that 
experience though definitely spurred me to get the hell out of restaurants mm-hmm. um, sure. and but to also have a a very like a profound respect for people that do work in restaurants and that it it's it's just not the game's not a game it's tough <laughs> they're there they're there they're friendly to you um because they have to be and sometimes because they want to be sure. but like don't ever confuse it and always say thank you every time water is brought to you every time something is put down in front of you <laughs> And dogs are awesome. And we don't deserve dogs. Also, we don't deserve dogs. Here's a tip. Always, always, always keep a, a roll of doggy bags on you at all times. Hey. You yeah. look like the man. Mm. Because your dog will challenge you. Right. I, I, I love walking my dog. Uh, if, I bring two da- if I bring two bags... He will shit three times. Yeah. yeah. If I bring one bag, <laughs> he will shit twice. But if I bring lots of bags, he will only shit once. Interesting. Yeah, he, he knows. knows. He's he playing knows. games. He knows. He plays little baby games. So, um, and then it's if, you know, like another dog blasts ass at the whatever. <laughs> right. You've got one to give. Yeah. You're like, oh, I got some. And you, what's fun is I have this pocket here and I just spool it out. Oh. Tear it off. <laughs> you have a perforated like, pocket I, built well, into every one of his shirts. <laughs> That's the JC way. <laughs> it really is. I've never heard you sum yourself yeah. up in a more perfect way. Yep, that's me. Prepared. Prepared. Yeah. Extra doggy bags to be the to be the dog park hero. Great tip. It's so true. <laughs> Just remember, the friend is your neighborhood. Um, no, the neighborhood is your friend. Yep. <laughs> I'm old. And don't, don't poop on the sidewalks. <laughs> don't poop on the sidewalks. And um, that goes for you too, humans. That's right. Mm. Mm. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Here's a tip. It's actually from my mom. She likes to tell me this all the time. Rather than using regular laundry detergent, if you use Dawn uh, dish soap, it's actually really, really good for washing your clothes and getting out stains. If you remember a lovely little commercial where it gets oil off of actual Uh, birds and things like that if it can get oil off of feathers it can get the shit out of your clothes it works really really well and you smell delicious like freshly cut citrus Mm. Kyle I'll build on to that tip because I'm having a brain fart right now with a tip that I was so proud of earlier Uh, same goes for treating any grease or oil stains like grease basically is a huge thing when you eat like I do and uh, wear materials that are very unforgiving what you do is you treat it with a little bit of shampoo because shampoo helps wash oil. oil out of your fucking hair and your scalp. So you so treat put it with all little, of the soaps into the machine. All of them and see what happens. Just not the dishwasher. All of the soaps. Here's a tip. If you're at a crowded restaurant, check the bar. Oh, yes. You always. probably don't need a reservation to sit at the bar and you can probably have a full meal. And you know what? Probably more comfortable too. It's my favorite thing to do. I love it. Let me beeline to that bar, baby. Here's a tip. If you are in the market to buy a new vehicle, but hate going to the dealership, find yourself a car broker. Um, They do all the legwork for you. I used one. You just tell them what you're looking for and your price point. They negotiate for you. If Even if you don't want to test drive the goddamn car, you don't have to. You just go in, and then you sign all the paperwork at their office, and then you drive your car away, and you don't have to deal with any negotiations. I do it all. 
Highly recommend. If you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it.